The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Get that through your head. I don't care what the scoreboard says. At the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. I'll make it. You don't do that to a man. He's got a million dollar idea right here. Billion dollar idea. Even better, let him flow. Okay. Well, there's nothing like a cold one after a long day, huh? Here's to feeling good all the time. And now, from the 908 studio, this is Shoot Your Shot. Brought to you by 908s, where life is great. Welcome back to the show. Shoot Your Shot, Paul Sutter, the chosen one. John Grossi, the boss man. John, congratulations, you called it. The Rams are the Super Bowl champs. How'd you know? I mean, like, I know you're the expert on this show, but how'd you know? Uh, Paul, I've been following the team. I've been following the games. And here's the difference between me and everyone else. I've been following the games that count. Everyone's wasting their time on the regular season. It de- Like, you can't watch every minute of every football game and get the feel for a Super Bowl team. I, uh, for as much as that doesn't make sense, that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think I've just been watching them and the other teams in the playoffs for the last two years. And... It seems like they could turn it on. They could get done what needed to get done. And I know I'm not a football expert or whatever, but like when it comes to sh- like shit like O-line, D-line, like you're not trying to play that hard all year. <laughs> like it's so much effort on every single play. Like you can only like like whoever is the best the the best ceiling for that is going to win the Super Bowl. You remember what JP Crawford said last week about you can't go a hundred every single day. You're gonna wear, right. wear yourself out. You think Aaron Donald can like is gonna give his all in week seven? No, probably no, not. Absolutely not. A couple plays off. He needs to save that for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. twenty or whatever it is. That's the game that counts. Uh, I will say. I mean, when the when the playoffs did start, you were like, you you were. I was nervous about the Rams, and mm-hmm. you said this is well, this is a playoff team. It's a playoff team. We're, we don't mess around in the regular season. Playoffs. Only thing that matters. And you called it. You really did. I appreciate that. How did you enjoy it? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I was at a winery. That's what I mean. Like, where yeah. were you? How were you enjoying the game? How was I enjoying the game? Yeah. Uh, you were at a winery. Out there in uh, Paso Robles, eh? Pa- First of all, huh. if you're impressed with my football knowledge, wow. you would not believe... like. I don't know how many steps on the ladder it is to sommelier, but I'm like, I'm significantly higher. You th- significantly. Are higher. you like three steps from the top? I might. I'm so close. You, you would not believe the weekend I just had. It was. I don't know if anyone would have wanted to be there with me, except maybe you. Oh. But maybe not. No. Yes, I did. I would have. I was being. I was just literally being an annoying customer. At, not really though, because people love talking about wine. But I was, it was just me asking question after question after question. I, I hit that stride of like, all right, I'm in the I'm in wine expert county. I'm never gonna see these people again. I'm just gonna I'm gonna just ravage them for their knowledge. See, that's perfect for you because you like to ask those questions to basically everybody. Yeah. Like the Chili's waitress is gonna be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like the sommelier, the yeah. whoever the guy is there, what do they call those those people that are? Just, I mean, just the, like the they're just the wine expert. Yeah, they're so, gonna love talking about wine. Exactly. 
sometimes you're talking to the winemaker, which is ideal. And sometimes you're just talking to the servers, but they like, first of all, everyone in Paso Robles works at a winery is what I realized. I think we would love living there. Isn't, like, but isn't that basically wine country? Like yes, there's only it's, wine. It's there. nothing but wineries. Yeah. And what, but like, I guess I said that because we met multiple people who worked at restaurants that also worked at wineries. Oh, or like, okay. Or like, then we had like a driver who also worked at a winery. Oh. So everyone's hustling up there, but like, I, I don't think you can avoid it. I think you have to at least work part-time at a winery. So you're saying we should take our talents to Paso Robles. I mean, how far is it? Uh, about three and a half, four hours there, about freaking eight hours back because of traffic. But right. That's easy. It's easy. That's like four but who of wants our to shows. come back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't want to come back. No, no, no question. about. Do they have like cheesecake factory out there? Like places like that? Um, not in, well, yeah, they do. do they did Chili's. Mean? They yeah, did Chili's. Yeah. I feel like we could get a job over there at the, out of Chili's or something like that. Cause we'll be, you got to start low. You can't just go into Paso Robles all hot. You yeah. can't just be up there at the top. You got to work your, you got to work your way up. We could go be like the wine guys at, uh, the Chili's and then work our way to being the wine guys of one of the big time wineries out there. I, th- I think so too. What was your favorite one? <sighs> Went to a, uh, just a lovely place, Paul, called Clessy out in Templeton. I know what you're thinking. I thought you went to Paso Robles. Yeah, I, I was thinking and, you know, Templeton's right there. Okay. In the same AVA, Paul. Okay. Uh, and that's where I actually was. I'll admit, missed about the first 15 minutes of the Super Bowl because I didn't want to leave that place. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. That's what I figured. Uh, it was just in the middle of nowhere. I've realized I really... Enjoy those ones that are not corporate. So not the ones where you're like, yeah, have the servers no, you and you know, it's just this was like a farm. I was on a farm. Okay. What is one thing that you learned from this weekend? Okay. One thing I learned was the importance of aging in barrels and specifically French oak. Hmm. You following? Yeah. French oak's the most expensive one. And then, like, you can see on the label that it'll it'll say, like, uh, aged 11 months, 15% in French oak. Okay. That's legit. Or it might say neutral oak, which means that's not new French oak. It's been used a few times. Okay. So if you're using that barrel again. So, like, if it's a legit, legit wine, it's in that new French oak that's never been used before. And it's getting the most of those aromas. Okay. Uh I got a great idea now. You ready for this? So we last show, we're talking about how we want to be like a contractor, like a, like a plumber, something where we're doing, working with our hands. Yep. Why don't we kill two birds with one stone and start making barrels to put the wine in? Then all of a sudden, how do you make barrels? No idea, but we could probably learn. Then we just kill two birds with one stone. We make our own barrels. We make our own wine. Mm -hmm. We have our own winery. And now we're rich. That's actually true because you know what's a big scam is like the French oak ones are controlled by France, the government. It's like mm. government controlled barrels. Mm. That's why they're so, so expensive. I mean, are they really that good? Probably not. Like that's why they're marked up so high because they only release like a certain number. Oh, that's kind of bullshit if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you had a great time. Yeah, I did. Uh, you love the Super Bowl. I will say, you know me. I don't even really like the Super Bowl that much because it's just too much. 
well, I'm a diehard football guy. I'm a football only guy. Yeah. The, the Super Bowl is too much of a show. It's too much of a like spectacle for mm-hmm. me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Especially this year in LA. But I will say, I kind of love the halftime show. It was. I'm not a halftime show guy, as you me know. Me neither. But I think holy was, shit, that it was, was awesome. So good. <laughs> Wasn't that epic? It was so awesome. I think it's just because like, like I think like our parents probably hated it, right? Because they didn't know the songs. No so idea. Like, wow. It felt like I was in AI. The first one I've ever liked. Did it not feel like we were in AI. Yes. Yes, they're listening to freaking next episode. Yeah, like, that's pretty sweet. I had a great time, and I feel like the like it was such a spectacle, and those guys are good at it. Like, like I don't know if they were actually even playing any music, or maybe they were rapping, maybe they weren't. But like, you know what I mean? Like when a rock band or like when someone's trying to like play music, I feel like it's like. It can't meet the meet the moment sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because you got ten minutes to just wow the entire world. Right. But like, I'm assuming they just put on the literal like the CD. CD. Yeah, and then they and just wrapped over bumped it. it. Yeah, and it just met it met the moment. I totally agree. I I legit thought the same thing when I was watching. Be, rapping live's got to be a little bit different different because the beat is the same no matter what. Yeah. But like the guitarist that's playing. It's got to be. Di- I mean, you're the music guy. It's got to be different each time he plays. No, I feel like I, I feel like. I mean, yeah, you, there are obviously professionals at keeping the beat, but like, I feel like I'm remembering halftime shows where some for some reason it felt like it was windy and like it wasn't like so full of sound. And obviously, like technology is getting better too. But it was awesome. Uh, I I'm gonna say something here. I might sound like a. Uh, a negative Nancy, some might say. No no disrespect to the Nancys out there. I know a lot of good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might sound like a little bit of a negative Nancy. The amount of like people that were just talking Long Beach up because of the Super Bowl was kind of pissing me off. Like, are we are we still like getting fired up to like claim Snoop Dogg and like Billie <laughs> yeah. Jean King and yeah. all those people? Like I see them up there, and they're like, oh, Long Beach represents. Like, I don't give a fuck about those guys. You know? Does that make sense? Right. I mean, that's very like... Uh, Might be a negative. No, I mean, it's just Might like, be a hipster a little bit, huh? You're being a hipster. Okay. But, but, not, but not even... Like, it's... Uh, we're obviously, like, also in... We grew up in Long Beach, live in Long Beach, like, Long Beach Generate Magazine. We're in it. Yeah. So it's very cliche. And okay. I, I have trouble not like it's got to be cliche for everyone, but for some people it's not. But like, at what point is it not cliche for people like that? Like they continue to be never. like, I think it's just, it's just, you're right. It's a certain person. That's just like, like, bro, come on, bro. Snoop Dogg is from long beach. It's like, like they, some people could say that 4,000 times in a row. Shout out to the BJ King though. Really? I doing see, her thing. I think I missed that. Oh, she like brought the ball out or something. Oh. Or she like did the coin toss. Okay. The B- okay, here's a question for you. What's a bigger deal to the BJ King? The BJ King library mm. or the coin toss? Uh, the coin toss is way cooler. Did Bobby Garcia get like fucked over because he thought he was doing something sick for her when actually he, what he did was like minimal, giving her a library? Uh, it was minimal. Also, Billie Jean King gets like 
like she gets she's always part of stuff. Like yeah. she's always part of the Dodgers and like uh she gets her moments. She she's had a lot of mo- see, and that's another reason why I'm just like, what I get it. I get it. Yeah. But why are we still celebrating how sick she is from being from Long Beach? It's yeah. like, bro, she's done so like so much stuff that it's it's a little watered down now for me. Right. Not what she did, but all I'm saying, like, her being on TV and whatnot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I know, I know what you mean. And I agree. I agree that people are like ridiculous. I'm being a negative Nancy, that's my bad. Yeah. But I just want to move to Milwaukee. All right. Give me a break. <laughs> huh? Nobody says anything good about Milwaukee. I think it's like, but it, like I wonder, is it is it more fun when you're younger to think about that? Like it, at some point as an adult, you gotta be like, okay, someone being from the same place as me doesn't means nothing for me. Like I didn't do anything cool. No. Like someone from Long Beach, you know, even like, uh, oh, cool. Like like we have all these space companies, or we have that like. Like, it's cool to know about, but, like, to rep as if it's something you did seems weird to me. Or... or Like, Snoop Dogg being famous is not something I did. Right. And... It's cool he says LBC, I guess. Yeah. Also, I mean, I guess if you knew who he was back in the day, yeah. then that's got to be kind of cool. But, like, a random person who's from Long Beach that I just don't know, that I have no tie to, not sick. But, like, if you were big, I'd be like, that's my buddy right there. You know? Well, not that you're not big. You are big. But you know what I'm saying. All right. If I was on the Super Bowl show, I would expect nothing less than for you to be like, ah, (laughs) fuck Grossy. That guy's so played out. That's what you'd actually be saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? True. It's fair. Repping my city. Grossy, repping my city. That's what I'd be saying. Yeah. All right. uh, That's all. You got anything else you want to talk about? Let's get to our interview. You want to do that? Yeah. Oh, this guy's epic. Dude, he's the man. Let me tell you something about who's rapping Long Beach is Dale. That's true. Dale Lopes. Dale Lopes, the head softball coach at Cabrillo High School. He's turning the program around. Tough spot to to be in, kind of starting at the ground level like this. But if if I trust anybody to turn something around, it's Dale. I mean, it's like us. What he's doing, I mean, you'll listen. It's like us moving to Paso Robles, working at Chili's. And then owning a vineyard. That's a great point. That's what's going to happen. He's just starting at Chili's. Yeah. He's going to work his way up to the vineyard one day. Yeah. Well, he's turning Chili's into a vineyard. Good point. That's that's exactly what he's doing. We'll all be drinking Chili's wine soon. I'm actually looking forward uh, to the rise. The rise of Cabrillo softball. What? Me too, because you know what? Like, I think I hate Wilson, Milliken, and Lakewood, and probably Polly. But mostly those are three that, like, they're, they are so good at softball and so, like, cocky. Now that I'm thinking about them. I know what you mean. They're so cocky. I know what so, you mean. And I'll say that about Wilson, my my alma mater. They're cocky. I know what you mean. It's kind of annoying. It is a little bit. It's I, a soft, It's a I'm girl softball shoot, thing. A I'm not bit. shooting on them. No, 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 no. It's a statement of fact. I'm just, yeah. you're right. I totally agree. They could use getting punched in the face. They're a little bit of a, they've been on top too long. You you think a little uppercut from mm-hmm. down low, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Cabrillo is going to bring. Uh, I I wish this guy coached me. I don't know what he's going to coach me in. I don't know if I'm going to. I don't think I have the the willpower to go be a men's softball player right now. I think I'm done. But I want him to coach me in something. I don't know if that's going to be 
well, he's a radio guy. Maybe he could coach us up a little bit, huh? In some broadcasts. That's what I'm saying. We didn't talk about that one. Yeah. AM eight thirty. But we will get him back. We should get him back on sometime. Yeah. When we're when we're famous on the radio, we'll get him on all the time. We'll have a little weekly spot. You know Yeah. Go let's let's toss to him. Okay. We got the head coach, Cabrillo Softball, Dale Lopes. Greg's a male nurse. Wow. That's great. On the show, huge guest. Cabrillo softball coach, Dale Lopes. Dale, welcome to the show. Uh, it's great to have you on. Fellas, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, now give us a little background on what's going on over here with the Cabrillo softball program. Um, it's my first year of high school softball. I've been, a, I've been involved in softball as a player and a coach for over 40 years. Um, I came from the men's division. So I had, and a lot of people don't understand, is that they do have men's fast pitch softball. Because when you think of men's, you think of baseball. When you think of girls, you think of softball. But there's actually uh, some um, high level fast pitch softball in the men's division. And I was very fortunate enough to be a part of that for several years. So after my playing career, I got into coaching. And after my coaching career with the men's, I decided to move over to uh, the girls' side. And I've been doing uh, travel club ball for the past four years. And this is my first year at Cabrillo High School. Uh, it's exciting for me, to be honest, it's, it's a program that's been rather challenging over the years. They haven't had a tremendous amount of success at all. So they're kind of on the ground floor as far as softball goes. So they brought me in to try to uh, resurrect the program in a sense, and uh, I'm doing my best to, uh, to do so. Um, we have a lot of great kids. Um, they're totally on board. Uh, we have a young team, and matter of fact, we have a game today against uh, Whitney and Cerritos. So we're really looking forward to uh, this year because we really believe, and my assistant coach as well, we really believe as coaches that we're going to make a difference in this program. We have a foundation laid out, uh, bringing a structure that I've had success with at the men's level. And uh, the kids are buying into the process. And for us coaches, I think it's, important not only for us to make them better players on the field but also to make them better young ladies and moving forward in life because a lot of the principles that we teach on the field are principles they can take in their everyday life and they're really subscribing to that how'd you get that gig what brought you to cabrillo um well like i mentioned i was always interested in coaching high school and i saw that they were looking for a head coach and it's local long beach I'm local, born and raised in Long Beach. So I felt this was probably a good fit for me because it's close. I've had other opportunities to coach elsewhere, South Orange County. I even had an offer out of state. And that's something I just really didn't want to do. So I was trying to stay closer to home. And uh, I went down and to, uh, for the interview at Cabrillo and things went extremely well. And I felt very confident about it. And sure enough, uh, I got hired on as the head coach. So, how do you resurrect a program or change a program? Like, do you, uh, softball seems like a sport where it starts with like, do you have the girls that, that have been playing a long time? So if so, is, is it just a matter of structure? Or if not, 
how do you change a program when you're competing with, with girls who have been playing their whole life? Well, at Cabrillo, we have a very young team. Okay, it consists of three seniors, three freshmen, five juniors, and four sophomores. So we have a young team. And to your point, some of these kids that have experience of play before, which is very limited, to be honest with you, um, it's easy to show them how to do things the right way. And when they start seeing results, then they start trusting the process even more. The four months I've been coaching this team, I can tell you I've seen improvement like you wouldn't believe. So it tells me that they're trusting the process. And if they trust to fall in love with the process, eventually the process will love you back. And it's, for me, here's an analogy. It's like if you want to go on a diet and lose weight, right? You eat salads. Not very exciting, okay? And, uh, but after about a week, you start doing this and you go, wow, I dropped five pounds. You start to recognize and acknowledge that the process is working and that motivates you to continue because you're seeing results. It's the same thing on the softball field. They're seeing the results. Sure, I have a, probably a different style than most, but I think with my background and my experience and the success that I've had, I've got a CIF championship. I've won a world championship in men's fast pitch softball, ranked number one in the world uh, among 64 teams. Um, I think they respect that and they acknowledge and understand why I'm there to make a difference. And I think so far uh, I've done so. Has it been difficult to, so you, I mean, you're a world champion, like you said, like you've dealt with some of the best players in the world. Has it been difficult to kind of, uh, make it fun for these girls, but also like kind of morph them into becoming better players? You know, there is a challenge there, but I will say this about these kids and I love these kids. I have a limitless amount of love for these kids. I really do. I love these kids. They're great kids. What I notice, they bring a lot of energy. They have a lot of energy. And for them, it's not about the outcome. It's about just improving. And one of my cliches and one of my sayings is get 1% better each day. That's it. Not five, not 10, just get 1% better each day. If you do that, you're progressing. And that's what we want, make progress. So for the most part, it hasn't been really that challenging for them because a lot of them, uh, this is a new experience. So being that they're on the ground level, that this is the only way that they're learning. So it's not like there's been some sort of a modification for them. Like I learned this way. Now I got, I got to learn it this way. For the most part, it's been uh, that inexperience and for them to learn what I'm bringing and it makes it easier for them to process that. 1% better each day is my kind of, I've been trying to shoot for the moon every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get better 1%. Well, now, all right. Now I'm taking steps in the right direction now. All right. There you go. Yeah. Um, you said you're, you do things differently. So are you like a, are you like a weirdo when it comes to like, like what, like what's going on? Are you crazy? Are you, are you yeah, like that's a, a good question? Are you like wearing <laughs> your hat backwards? Are you, are you throwing overhand instead of underhand? Is that why you're so good? What's going on here? Well, some will probably say I am crazy, but uh, <laughs> not so much that I just, um, I just try to uh, instill things that I was taught and had a lot of success. And sometimes uh, there's several ways where you can do things. 
And, and I noticed with various organizations I've been with, they've done things differently than what I'm accustomed to, which is okay. Because there's more than one way to do, to do things. Um, I've always told my players, um, if, if, if you can throw the runner out and by doing cartwheels and you can throw the runner out trying to steal second, what do I care? Now, is it, is it unorthodox? Yeah. The bottom line is to execute and, and get the job done, right? So there's different ways to do things. So, but I try to teach them the proper technique of way of doing things, which will make it a little easier for them to understand. And I explain it to them why we do it that way. So that way they can comprehend what we're trying to accomplish. And it seems to make it work because they understand exactly what the process is. Give us some of your key players. Give me, give me some names that I need to look out for. Well, like I mentioned, we have three seniors, um, Rose Morales, Ray Morales, their sisters, and they, uh, I uh, not nominated, non, uh, I named them, um, uh, I'm sorry, team captains. So there are captains. Uh, we have Valerie Corona, she's a senior. Um, we have, you know, it's interesting, we have three freshmen, and we have a freshman that um, uh, you should keep an eye on. She's uh, one of the more advanced players at Cabrillo. Uh, she's actually on my travel ball team, and so I know her real well. And she's a player. Her name's Valerie Quintero. She's a freshman. And she's kind of like my Swiss Army knife. I'm going to ask her to do multiple things. Uh, yesterday, she, she started catching. She came in to pitch. She can play infield. She can play outfield. And a lot of the kids that I have are multiple position players, which is extremely valuable, especially to a coach. Because when you only have a 15-player a, a, a roster and one player's uh, on the injured list, so I'm down to 14, you know, uh, unlike some schools that have 28 on the roster, 18 on the roster, I'm, I have 14. And I think the advantage of that is that they're going to seek playing time because they can play multiple positions. So if I have a hole I have to fill, I can plug somebody in because they play more than one position. And that's very valuable for a coach. But it's also valuable for a player because it elevates their level of stock. Okay, it increases their value as a player because they can play several different positions. And if you look in the big leagues today, and my cousin's in the big leagues, and, and, and he is a multi-position type of guy, it, it's, it's huge because it allows managers to carry maybe a third catcher or another bullpen arm or a starting pitcher on the roster by having a guy that can play several positions. He becomes like two players, even though he's one. You know, Chris Taylor for the Dodgers is like that. Kike Hernandez, formerly of the Dodgers, now with the Red Sox, is like that. And there's several others that are like that in the big leagues, which has become a commodity today. So in softball, it's no different. Players like that play a huge role. And I shared that with my team um, in practice, that the role players are vital to the success of this team because they're going to be called upon in situations as a pinch hitter, going defensively. And when you think about a pinch hitter, it's their first at bat. So they're coming off the bench. They haven't played all game. They haven't seen any live pitching. And you're asking them to have success in a situation where there might be runners in scoring position. And they're facing a the pitcher for the first time. You know, and in baseball, it's usually a closer, which is their best bullpen arm. So, so it's the most difficult to perform coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. And I've done that role. So I know what it's like. So you have to always be prepared. One of my other sayings is, 
if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So I'm always emphasizing my kids, be ready to go. You never know. What if there's an injury? You got to go in, be ready. So they're always warming up in between innings, stretching, staying loose, taking some cuts. So if they're called upon, they're ready. So you, you took this Cabrillo softball job knowing that it was a program that needed to be turned around. Correct. Uh, other than like the $1.2 million a year you're making there. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that, was, that was a big key. <laughs> that, yeah, we saw, we saw the, the numbers come out. Yeah. Uh, what was like something that really made you want to take this program over? And what do you think is a realistic goal this year? Um, I think to answer the first part of your question, the reason I took this job and trust me, I had friends, former players, uh, uh, players that played for me that are now coaches. I had, I had some opportunities elsewhere, to be honest. And that was before Cabrillo, after I took the a job with Cabrillo and during Cabrillo, I had some offers. I just had another offer just the other day. They said, come on over, we'd love to have you. It's a former player of mine. He was one of my pitchers. He says, you can get this job right now if you choose to do so. And I said, here's what I teach. Here's what I preach. And I practice what I preach. I tell my kids this. We're not going to be the best team. We're not going to win more league. That's the reality of this. I understand that. Moral league was tough. Okay. You had four teams out of seven last year go to the CIF playoffs out of moral league. Okay. So that's over half. Okay. What I do tell them is, what we're going to do and what our style is, we got to play hard. We got to outwork. We got to outlast teams. We're going to have to play small ball. We're going to have to do the little things to execute, to win games, because we can't stand toe-to-toe with the Millicans and the Wilsons and the Lakewoods. We can't do that. That's not our style. So by taking this job, uh, I had to make an adjustment because, yes, I've been with some world-class teams. I've coached the best players in the world coached against them, played against them. And the teaching of softball for me is the same, no matter what gender you're teaching, men, girls, doesn't matter. Okay. It's the same concept. It's the same teaching. It's the same principles. But for me, I took this job, even though people thought I was crazy because I figured there's only one way to go. And I was even asked this in my interview. If you're at the ground floor, there's only one way to go, one way to go. And that's up. And I think in the next few years, I'm getting my feet wet here. I think in the next few years, we can make this program where we're going to raise some eyebrows and go, wow, Cabrillo softball is on the map now. And that's what the plan is. Now, as far as my expectation and goals, um, I shared with my team when I took over, before I even had a practice, we have what we call a chalk talk meeting. We meet in the classroom when we talk about things and what we're going to go over, what they can expect from me, and what I expect from them. And I told them, I said, not knowing what I have, we're winning at least four games this year, at least. Well, since then, I've increased it to six. That's my goal. You say, well, that's not very, you know, uh, flattering. I mean, big deal. Well, you're talking about a program that had one win last year between varsity and JV combined, okay? So if we, surpass, exceed our expectations, to me, I'm not saying it's success, I'm saying it's progress. 
And that's what we want to do, continue to move forward. I have a saying, and I can't take credit for this because I got it from PJ Fleck from the University of Minnesota. But we call row the boat. We say row the boat. And what that mm -hmm. means is we all go together. We never, never quit. Okay, it's an entree. You never give up. Okay, and as a coach, if you ask your players to play hard, regardless of the outcome, I can live with that and I can accept that because they're giving you everything that they have despite the outcome. So if they do that, I'm okay with that. I like your style. I really do. Uh, let's cut the bull. Can you teach me how to slap it or no? I can. You could. Do you have speed? Do you have speed? A little bit. I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Not a big deal. But uh, I'm trying. Maybe I could get on the men's softball stage a little bit. I could teach you. I could teach you how to slap. There's no, actually, I'm a hitting instructor and a catching instructor. So right. I, do, I, do, I do lessons uh, as well. Besides coaching high school, coaching travel ball, club ball, uh, doing the play-by-play. -play. Um, I'm supposed to be doing a podcast for Fast Pitch Films. So um, I'm pretty active. I'm pretty involved in softball because that's my passion. And that's my true love. It really is. And I just want to give back now. So when people ask me, hey, can you help me? I have former coaches, uh, uh, former players that are coaches. And I even have coaches that I coached against would call me and want me to, they would ask me certain things. And I would tell them, I'd say, well, look, this is how I would handle that situation. This is how I would go about it. Try this next time. It might, it might work better for you. Now, I'm not going to tell them all my secrets because I'm coaching against them. I'm playing against them. But I'll give them advice, reach out to them. For me, it's about giving back. doesn't matter who it is. That's awesome. So I can help you with your slap game. <laughs> Grossi's got a nasty rise ball. Yeah, Grossi yeah. can really get it going up there. You know, a little – Oh, is that right? What, what – I want to know, what got you into competitive softball? <laughs> yeah. were, were you – was it softball from the get-go? Were you a baseball player? What, what, what got you into that sport? Well, I started with baseball. Um, I played four sports from my freshman year to my Ooh, senior year. Damn. Uh -oh. oh, no. Okay. And uh, baseball obviously was one of them. And uh, from baseball, I was recruited by uh, Long Beach State. And then after baseball, I decided uh, to get into fast pitch softball, which was really big in the Long Beach area. And they had city leagues and they had uh, multiple levels of city league. So we played city league and we started getting competitive. Then we started getting better players. So we started progressing and started playing travel ball. And then we got into uh, the higher divisions. They have different divisions. They have an, uh, an open division, an A division, a B, and even a C division. Okay, and the C was the lower division. And I was fortunate enough to get to the open division, the highest level. When I say the highest level, I'm talking about the big boys, the professionals of fast pitch softball, guys getting paid. Six-figure salaries, okay? Yeah. And Larry Miller, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he passed away a few years back. He was the owner of the Utah Jazz. And Larry Miller had his own softball team based out of Salt Lake. And he had a top-notch pitcher. And uh, he had a 10-year contract for a million dollars. So Larry was paying his, you know, and at that level, it's about pitching and catching. you got to have the pitching because the scores are going to be very, very limited. Two to one, one nothing, three to two. It's not like slow pitch where it's 18 to 17 and things like that. So uh, pitching is really a premium. And, of course, the pitchers are paid. And it's, it's, when you go to the World Tournament, you're, you're seeing the best players in the entire world of men's fast pitch softball.
And I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. And not to sound braggadocious, but I wanna, I'm gonna share something with you in regards to the ISC, which is the International Softball Congress, the open level. I took a team that was really on the basement floor. They started as a C team. We went to the Bs, we finished in the top five. Then the next year we stayed in the Bs, we finished in the top three. We got bumped to A's, we did well in the A's. We decided to take our game to the next level, to the highest level, and go to the open level, play against the best players in the world. And I had players from the Woodier area, locally, okay? And nobody was getting paid, okay? And all these guys never played past Little League. So they really didn't have a foundation or structure. So they called me and said, we want you to run our team. So I said, sure. So I went out there and ran the team. So when we got to the open level, the newspaper in Wisconsin said, the name of the team was Team Rainey. That was our team because it was sponsored by uh, a gentleman that was a um, Grand Prix motorcycle racer in Europe. And supposedly he was like the Michael Jordan of Europe. He was huge in Europe because that Grand Prix racing is big in Europe. Not as big here in the States, but in Europe, it's huge. So he was our sponsor. So we were called Team Rainey because that was the name of his um, Grand Prix racing. So... Uh, took this team, and when we got to the ISC Open, everybody told us, they said, you're going to be 0-2, it's a double elimination, you're going to be, it's a waste of time, a waste of money, and you're going to be home, because you're going you're to lose your first two games. You're playing against the best teams in the world. Well, we're in a, they have a pool, and I think we were in pool D, whatever it was, there's like, I don't know how many pools there are, but there's, I think, nationally 350 teams in the Open level. And I think we were ranked 349 or something like that. But uh, anyway, to make my point is not only did we win our pool and go three and one, because when we got there, the paper said, Team Rainey, Team who? Never heard of them. Well, by the time we got done, that same newspaper, the journalists were interviewing after our games because we had the, not only the biggest upset in the tournament, the biggest upset in the state, the biggest upset in the country, we had the biggest upset in the world. So they wanted to interview me because we had the biggest upset in the world. We beat Ontario, Canada, who was ranked fourth in the entire world at the highest level. And we weren't even, people didn't even know who we were. So it was the biggest upset. It's kind of like, um, um, if, I don't know if you remember, but I'm sure you've heard about it, the 1980 U.S. hockey team beating the, beating the Soviet Union in ice hockey. It was something like that, where you had these kids going against these Russian pros, and two weeks prior to the Olympics, they played each other and the Soviet Union beat the United States like nine to two at Madison Square Garden. And of course the United States beat them to go into the gold medal game and win the gold medal. So it was pretty much comparable to that. I mean, we had no chance, but we won the game three to two. So we ended up having a winning record. We won our pool. We advanced to the next round and we got, we got beat the following round, then the next round, but to come out there with a winning record and beating teams like, you know, Ontario, Canada, and um, uh, Venezuela. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a great experience for all of us. And we had a tremendous amount of fun and success of competing against the best players in the world. Coach, when Cabrillo wins a CIF championship in the next five years, just, who, just remember who was on the ground floor with you right here. All right? You're going to get all hey, the reporters that are going to be man. like, I'm so sick. But remember who was there first? That's right, man. You guys are on board, man. 
I'm telling people, I said, listen, hop on the train or you're going to be left at the station. So you better get on board, man. I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining the show. This has been great, man. Hey, uh, I enjoyed it. Anytime, guys. It was a pleasure. And I appreciate you uh, uh, allowing me to speak about Cabrillo softball. It's been something that uh, uh, probably hasn't been talked about for quite some time. And I'm gonna, we're going to raise some eyebrows at Cabrillo. So, again, we appreciate the opportunity. I enjoyed it. One last question for me as a radio sure, guy. Sure. How do we do? Yeah. You guys are good, man. You guys make a good tandem. Oh, how yeah. do you do? All right. How, how do we get on the radio? Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. question. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a, again, life is full of challenges, right? So radio is no, no different. It's very, very challenging. Um, if you get some sponsorships, uh, you can buy radio time. So if you get some sponsorships, you know, you can buy radio time. Uh, and if you do that, let me know. I'll come on your show. Hell yeah. We'll have first guest. We know who we're calling. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. Awesome. Hey, have a, have a great season, man. Good luck. And uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Sounds good. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Hey. Wow. Tell me you don't want to just, like, run through a brick wall real quick. Huh? For my guy, Dale. I was intensely pumped up that entire interview. He, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I was just kind of on the edge of my seat. Like, what's he going to say next? What's, how's he going to fire me up right let's, now? Let's put it this way. There's zero doubt in my mind Cabrillo's going to win league in five years. Yep, totally agree. The only question is, like, I don't know if this guy has steroids or what. Like, something. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, that could, be, that could be the only question you have after that interview. Like, is it fair play or not? Right, right, but right. But they're right. winning. There's, There's no, and. I'm I'm on record saying I think they do have fair play. Like I right. think he's got something up his sleeve though. Like maybe he, maybe he has a pitch that no one else has. Well, you did have the eliminator. I, well, I was wondering if he knew about the eliminator, unless he stole the eliminator from me, in which case we do have beef. But I think he has something. Whatever, I would put all my money on. It. A thousand percent. If, if there was a betting system that I could do this in, all my money in Cabrillo in five years to win league. By the way, you get he's what he say. You get 1% better every day. John, I'm going to tell you something. In five years, that's a lot of percent. That's a lot of percent. You're, you're looking at 5,000% now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know how good you'd be if you had 5,000% better? A lot better than this. Very good. Very good. Uh, you know what else was nice? You huh. know what, when's the last time you talked to a Dale? Been a while. Yeah. Been a while. I think that pumped me up too. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Did, he, doesn't he sound famous? Dale Lopes. Dale Lopes. He, well, he is famous in, in that world. That's a good world. point. He is famous. Man, I want to be a world champion. How does, doesn't that sound cool? It's like you got the Olympics going on. People are winning gold medals yeah. and shit. Being the world champion sounds kind of sweet. Isn't it crazy how, like, uh, like me and you are competitive, but, like, like, some people are so competitive in sports, and then it doesn't go, like, like after college or whatever. Like, they go out and find the next thing to just absolutely crush people in. Right. Like Dale, like Jake Hardy. Yep. Like, we're we're hot on world champions right now. I don't yeah. know who we're going to get next week, but, oh. Do we, we have the re- do we have the most record uh, world champions ever on I think a so. show? On, yeah. on one show, I think we're, we've had Tony Azevedo. We've had Misty May. Like, these are world champions everywhere. Jake Hardy. Jake Hardy. That's what I'm saying. All these dudes. Uh, by the way, I'm going to text Coach Dan Munson, Long Beach State Basketball, 
They won 10 in a row since I saw them at Best Buy. Something's got to give. I'm going to text them actually right now. I forgot to text them last week. I'm going to text them right now. What should I say? Let's craft a text real quick. Um, Dan Munson. Where is he? Here he is. I hope this, I mean, it's still blue. It's got to be ooh. him. I'm going to say coach, comma. That's 10 in a row since I saw you at Best Buy. <laughs> is that cool? I think. Yes, I think that's definitely cool. I think you need to. I think you guys need to schedule a meeting at Best Buy before yeah. the tournament. I think. Well, well, we unless like, they keep winning, like if they just keep yeah. winning, then we don't need to reschedule. Then, then you make make sure you avoid each other at Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, good point. That's a good point. Do you, are you? Do you need to go there? I kind of do. I you need to make sure he's not there. Well, I don't care what like how they're playing. Well, like it doesn't matter to me. I want to know what he got at Best Buy. He did something at Best Buy to turn things mm. around. I don't, look, I give myself a lot of credit. I give myself a lot of credit a lot of times. But I don't know if it was all, all me this time, John. Something, they did something. Well, I'm just connecting dots. Coach Cav is the assistant coach now. Coach Cav is always posting pictures of him whooping his son's butt in video games. Okay. Is there some sort of chip thing that was installed? Is Cav, ooh, is Cav's son? Cavs on the sideline. Cavs son is on the. I don't know. Okay. Is there is there a component of ro- robotics here? I will say that sort of microchip. Yeah, I, I will say that since this show has infiltrated Long Beach State basketball, Long Beach State basketball has been winning. Coach Cav, he's basically part of our show. He's one of our best friends. He joins the staff. Uh, okay. Man, Freddie, one of our best friends as well. I think he's the director of basketball operations over there. He's on their staff. He's basically part of the show as well. They're winning. Dan Munson, our best friend. Basically, he's been on the show. He is our best <laughs> friend. We saw him that one time when we were blacked out at uh, Staples yes. Center. You remember yes. that? That was a great time. Uh, and then I saw him at Best Buy. And now they've won 10 in a row. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's all us. I'm saying there has to be a connection. Yes. All right, coach, that's 10 in a row since I saw you at Best Buy. I'm not even going to say who I am. He's going to know. <laughs> at Best Buy. All right. Uh, what else? What if he's? What if he secretly meets someone at Best Buy and, and we like and we catch like maybe he's been doing some, some sketchy scouting situation oh. like uh, I, I don't know. Well, OK, maybe he's paying his players at Best Buy. <laughs> You think they all have jobs at Best Buy? The they, there could be something. I'm just excited to see if this turns into something else. Like, we could do the NIL is a is a thing, right? We could still like name what is it? A, name image and likeness. Likeness. We could pay the players. Is that how? Oh it goes? yeah, yeah. We'll start buying some shit from Best Buy from them. Oh okay. Did I help the Long Beach State program by buying an HDMI cable from there? Maybe. I think so. I think so. Uh, all right. Let's uh, get to the rest of the show. You want to? Yeah. Uh, Coach. You fire off a deck? Coach Dale Lopes. No, I didn't. I I didn't want to. Do I just keep crafting it? It's tough to hold this microphone. Here, I'm going to do this. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Coach, that's 10 in a row since since I saw you at Best Buy. I think it's time for you to come on the show. How's that sound? Sounds great. Or I think you've earned the right to come on the show. Should I say that? Uh, 
you know, you be you. So I think it's time for you to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. For you to come on our show. Uh, what should I say? Coach, that's 10 in a row since I saw you at Best Buy. I think it's time for you to come on our show. Should I say, like, what do you think? Or what? Or Yeah, let us know when. I don't know. I think it's time for you to come on our show. What do you think? All right. I'm going to fire it off. Let's get to the rest of the show. Okay. Yep. So, uh, real quick, what did I want to bring up? Oh, we were talking about the Super Bowl before the interview. I want to tell you something about the real winners of the Super Bowl. It's got to be the freaking street vendors out there in L.A. What was going down? They probably made a billion dollars. Just just knowing. I mean, think about all the people out there. Yeah. And all the people that are just drunk as shit, right? I mean, that's everyone, everybody tailgating and whatnot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the hot dog guy comes rolling around with the like wrapped in bacon and shit with the grilled onions. Yeah, it's not this bad. This guy made probably forty grand. That's not bad. Ro- am I wrong? Um, was there a lot of traffic noticeable in Long Beach? I didn't really. I didn't notice much. Did I mean you were gone? I didn't notice much. Do you think a lot of people were chilling in in Long Beach I don't from know. the Super Bowl? I would think not, but then like, why? Like, I guess maybe. Let me tell you something about LA. I think I hate it, and I used to be an LA rooftop guy. We used to be rooftop guys. Right. I don't think I am anymore. I, boy, was this uh was this drive, eye opening. You know what I can't believe is how far north LA starts. Yeah. It's so massive. Yep. At least we're like almost out. You mean we're it's, at the very bottom. We're we're like how far north it, that it stops? Yeah, is it's what like, you're saying? Like like the difference between Santa Barbara and LA is not there's like for some reason in my mind those were far away from each other, but they're not. Which is like Vin, Ventura, like it's all the same shit. Yeah. Like it's just city. It's and it's like boot like it's like it's not like the like Bad house. It's like it's like the nice. It's where the celebrities live. It's all up north. Yeah. Where do the Kardashians live? Calabasas. Is that north? Yeah, it is. What's south? Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't mind living in Carlsbad. Not too bad. I like that spot. Uh, all right. Yeah, the street vendors. They they must have crushed it. Well, we need a we need a sponsor for our radio show. That's true. Think about it. You're out there. There's how many? Hundred street vendors. Every street vendor is the same, right? No, yeah. Not if you're not if you're running ads on our show. Right. Uh, here's a question for you. Let's let's get hot into the street vendor <laughs> vendor topic here. How, how does it go down? Do you? How do they get one of those carts? Do you buy one of those carts? Are they all working for somebody higher? Like, oh, are they under an umbrella? Gosh, I never thought of that, but that's... Where are they getting these carts? You don't just find those carts at like a Goodwill or anything like that. You know? I think you become a street vendor because you have an in on the cart. Okay. Like, I think you know someone or you're like, 
you're at like a you know a neighborhood little like gathering and and you see like this guy and he you start talking to him and he's like yeah my uncle has like three of these carts he's looking to offload one so it's like being a longshoreman yes mm-hmm. you got to be in you got to know somebody yes. you got to you got to have the inside track you got to have the inside and i think i think a very small percentage of people are are able to get on their hands on a cart and then it's and then even smaller percentage take it and those are the smart ones and that's why they're probably the richest people in LA right now they are here's a question okay hit me basically no one sells bacon wrapped hot dogs except street vendors and all of them sell it yeah just a little interesting so what do you mean what, so what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking You're anything. just telling me that. I'm just telling you that. You like nowhere else are you going, and that's like a major thing. But like you cannot go to a street vendor that's not selling a bacon wrapped hot. That's true. Just interesting to me. That's all. Okay. I feel you. You can tell me if there's something there. I don't know. Uh, I got. Is think. that part of the? You know. Well, you, John, you're throwing a uh, a fastball at me high and tight. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. Okay. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Thank you. You too. I uh, didn't get a text from you, but uh, it's okay. Uh, what'd you do? Anything cool? I was in traffic. That's That kind of stinks. I would have loved to text you, but you know me. Two hands on the wheel. You know what I uh, didn't do yesterday is drink wine. That's on, a shame. Well, here's the deal. I'm so... I'm such a wine guy that I'm too I'm too hip to be crushing wine on like a national wine day mm-hmm. like Valentine's Day. Yeah, wine on Valentine's Day is like repping Snoop Dogg from Long Beach. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, Rosini's Pizza yesterday. No idea that I worked at the most romantic uh, restaurant in Long Beach. A lot but of God dates. damn it, we packed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, I don't know what what happened. But holy shit, it was pretty crowded. That's interesting to me. Wouldn't you? Like, we're not fancy. Maybe we are. Uh, we are the most popular show uh, podcast in Long Beach, uh, top rated show in the city. So maybe them listening to us were like finally saying, you know what? I'm going to try this Rosini's place. Yeah. Out. Sounds I pretty think sweet. That, I think that's probably right. You think that's the play? Yeah. Um, Heart shaped pizzas, the whole nine, John. We had it rolling. I saw the, like, I don't even know how to explain it. I I was on the freeway, and I really wanted to take a picture, but it, it just couldn't happen. The most crowded in and out like, like, quadruple what you've ever seen in your life. I'm talking 100 cars waiting outside the drive-thru. The one off of, uh... It was the one we've been to. Yeah. It was either that... I saw the West one Lake we've been Village. to. I, I, no, it was... Okay. It was like two north of that, but they're all right along the freeway. It was like Ventura. Okay. And and then I saw an Olive Garden that was also packed. And I was just thinking, you know, good for these people. I love Olive Garden. I love In-N-Out. But like you would think on Valentine's Day, it's either like a little bit nicer. Yeah. Or like Rosini's takeout would make sense to me. Okay. Or a nice home-cooked meal. No? Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean, but but I, good for these people that are just cruising in now. But isn't true love 
true love, you can have whatever you want as long as you got your true love. So you want Del Taco? Go get Del Taco. By the way, happy birthday to producer Nick. Did you text him? No. Uh, I did text him, and I told him if he goes to poor Dick's to let me know. He didn't text me, so I'm assuming he didn't go. Mm. You better believe I would have dropped whatever I was doing and gone to poor Richards. You better believe he's going to text you in like three days. To go? Or like, I'm gonna uh, or like in like three yeah. weeks, he'd be like, I'm here. That's so true. <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, fuck, I shouldn't have told him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get to the rest of the show. I got I got a couple of things, and that's about it. Uh, Valentine's Day, what a day. Do you remember... John, do you remember that house that just continued to catch on fire? We've talked about it multiple times. Dogs? No, uh, there's a house in downtown Long Beach that just was always catching on fire. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but that house caught fire for the fourth time. No way. In four years. I don't know what's going on. There's not an investigate. I mean, they got to be making drugs. I think that there's been... All right, hold on. Let me read you the headline. Headline says, They're making Abandoned drugs. house near downtown burns for the fourth time. It's an abandoned two-story Victorian house. And it got caught. It was caught on fire again for the fourth time. The other time, somebody was in custody. Somebody got in trouble the third time. But it happened again. So does this mean that that person actually didn't do it? Or are we talking about like a run on pyromaniacs? Is it a? There's got to be a subculture where it's a thing, or is that is it like a gang thing? So you got to light this thing on fire to get in. Oh, okay, okay. But maybe like I think that's what it is. But it might not be a traditional gang, but like something where it's like this is. I think it's a rite of passage. Okay, no, I I know what you mean. I see what you're saying. Uh, or here's what I'm thinking. So you're thinking maybe it's kind of like that bi- those biker gangs that we've been we've been seeing around, mm. dude. I saw no, by no, the no, way, no, no, because the biker gangs are just kids having fun. Paul. That's true, but I did see a big ass group of bikers like hit up the right by Belmont. Oh, what's it called? Belmont Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah they're riding like thousand. There's like a, no, there was two hundred of them. There was at least two hundred doing wheelies and shit. Let me tell you, those kids. They might be the best bikers ever. That's like better than They're Lance Armstrong. So good. They're doing wheelies in like a little compact area. It's like, how are you not falling? It's crazy. Uh, but back to this. No injuries were reported, by the way. I'm a little woke. You know how firefighters are. We know a couple of them. They love putting out fires. Mm. I'm starting to think that if they're not busy... Firefighter people, you know, because sometimes they have to go to scenes of like a crash or something like that. Do th- things like that. Yeah, they yeah, love yeah. just they love playing with fire. They though. want that's their why, hands on the hose. That's why they do want their hands on the hose. But that's why they wanted to be firefighters in the first place. Yeah, I'm thinking like they call out somebody that's not on. It's like, yo, we need you. Go spread something real quick, and they go hit that fire. It's not bad. That house up, because that house has been burned already. Right. They know it's a burnable house. Right. And then the police are in cahoots with the firefighters because, mm-hmm. you know, first responders and whatnot. Think I'm about just if your passion was to be a chef. I love cooking. I want to be a professional chef. And then you get the job and they're like, listen, you're going to cook a meal once once or twice every six months. And that's worst case scenario. We're hoping for nothing. Right. 
And instead, you're thinking I I like cooking. And instead, you gotta wash dishes. Wash dishes. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. Like, what the fuck is this bullshit? So all of a sudden, you're telling people to come order some food. You know? Yeah. Okay. So no. I, hey, yeah, you're right. No, I get it. You're right. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. Uh, but yeah, this house burned for the fourth time. Well, should we should we join? Well, here's what I'm thinking. Credit to the the builders of this house. This infrastructure is incredible. Yeah, it is. The fact that it's still standing after the fourth burn, that's nuts. That's kind of like Dogs was, though. I'd like to at least... Does Long Beach have the best buildings in the in America? Fire doesn't take down anything. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do we? I think we might. I want to burn the... I want to... All right. I don't want to burn this house, but I want at least someone to... I want someone out there to think... That we had something to do with it. Okay. Like, so, at least put it... Like, no one's suspecting us. What okay. does that say about us being bad boys? Yeah, that's you true. You know? Hey, we we have... I got matches over here. The bad boys of Long Beach. Yeah, we should start putting that We're out We're losing our touch is what's happening. You're right. We, You know people, what? Tr- people trust us too much. We've gone soft, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we really have. Not one person said, like, hey, maybe we should question these guys. Where were they? They've talked about it on their show three times already. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're right. Okay, if this burns down for a fifth time, I well, we they gotta look at us first. I'm not. I got no vacations planned in the next month, so I'm here. By I don't the, have a good alibi. By the way, got an email today. Seventy nine dollar one way trip to Hawaii right now. Really? Book in the next two days. Keep you, that on the down low. When you can go anytime? I think you have to go after March like eleventh or something. So if you want to pull trig, I'm just telling you right like, now. After March, before when? I don't know. I don't know. I have to look up a little bit more of the facts for you. Thought there. we were going. I'll pull trig right now. <laughs> and I will. And you know what? I'm not even going to book the second flight home, John. One-way flight. I'm yep. staying out there. I don't care. I mean, pokey all day. Mm-hmm. You love pokey. I love it. But I love pokey on vacation. Like, I'm not going to go to freaking a pokey place right now. You know? Like, not right now in Long Beach. But holy shit, if I'm in Hawaii, I'll have three bowls a day. Yeah. All right, next. Real quick. Uh, I want to talk about Long Beach State graduation real quick. Because kids are upset right now. I don't know if you saw this. Kids are upset that uh, Long Beach State isn't doing like a traditional graduation. And I don't think they have been in the last couple of days. You know, do they usually go? You did it. What did you? What did you guys do? We sat out there in like upper campus. Okay, bunch of chairs set up, and I don't know. Someone says something, they read your name. That's not. It's not really a big deal, right? And that's what I wanted to tell the people because people are starting petitions. Uh, Long Beach State kids are are starting petitions because they feel like they aren't getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Which I get it. That's I get it. I want to say first off, there's literally nothing worse than graduation. Yes, N- nothing. I mean, getting your name called is cool, but other than that, there is nothing worse than sitting out there in graduation. How how could how could younger generations not you know the younger generation? They're all so okay with virtual everything. But this is the one thing they want in person yeah. when it should literally be opposite. Yeah. Everything else 
is better in person except graduation. If you could just get an email that says you graduated, that's what you're that's best case scenario. Right. That's what I'm thinking. But so the people I mean, I guess the people that started this were like, I've been in college for like 10 years. You know, it they they grinded mm-hmm. and they finally made it. All they want to do is hear their name called. And I don't blame them one bit. All right. If you you worked your ass off to get there and you want your name called, I get it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else got their name called, mm-hmm. you know. But let me tell you something. I'm not shooting on Long Beach State. Let's not freaking take this out of context or whatever. But they seem to just kind of like figure out how to ruin things. <laughs> no, nah, you know what I mean. But this is what I'm saying. They're having a graduation at Angel Stadium, right? That's what they're having. Okay. But everybody's going to be there, but they're not going to have, they're not going to call their names. Nobody's name's going to get called. None of that stuff. You have to like scan Everybody's going to have their own like platform where they stand, which this honestly, if you wanted to make graduation even worse, I think they finally (laughs) did it, which is crazy. But like, then you scan a QR code on your phone and then your like your graduation slide comes up of you and your major and all that with like a picture of yourself, like on the big screen or something. So that's what they're doing. Why can't they call the names? I have no idea that. I didn't really uh, read too much into it, but mm-hmm. people are pissed. But like they're doing virtual. I don't know. Maybe they're scared of of uh, getting in trouble because of like COVID social distancing or whatever. I have no idea. But kids are kids are pissed, and they're especially pissed because like Fullerton and Dominguez Hills, and they're having their play thing at uh, Angel Stadium as well, and they're all doing the regular. Right. Ceremony. I don't know if we're trying to switch things up a little bit, trying to be cool because Long Beach likes to be cool a little bit. But what, why is it at Angel Stadium? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. These graduations were were outside. It says grad. The commencement ceremonies will be held at Angel Stadium with graduates neither walking the stage nor having their names read aloud, according to the website. That's what they're saying. There's an online petition that people sign that are people people are signing right now. I uh what what is the point of holding a ceremony at Do you have to pay to hold a ceremony at Angel Stadium? Probably, right? Definitely. And what's the point of doing it if they're not going to do it? Right. Well, you could just literally do that on campus. Yeah, I don't understand why I'm just saying the way I, the reason I bring this up is because there are students that have signed it, that are creating a petition. People are signing it because they want to have a regular ceremony. Which, which again, we've said this a million times. The craziest thing about the whole thing is anyone who would sign an online petition. Right. I mean, these, no matter what, I mean, that's who's really crazy here are these students. But 6,500 signatures. 6,500 people. <laughs> that's a lot of signatures. So what what happens for this petition? Are they just going to change it now? I don't know. There's but, no way. To me, this graduations used to be like by like by major and like right. I don't know, like probably more more COVID conscious, like than getting the entire graduating class at Angel Stadium. No, I totally unless agree. we have we probably don't have all the information. I don't I don't know. <clears throat> and like I said, there was the secondhand news. I don't know anything yeah, about the situation, yeah. but I'm just saying. 
They got graduation recognition stages. That's what they're going to have. I just feel like graduation is the worst. But if you want to find out a worse thing than graduation, I think they're they're doing it now. <laughs> so that's kind of tough. That's a tough look. Uh, all right. Uh, no response from Munson yet. Bringing that up. Uh, I think that's all I got. Do you got anything else? Uh, oh. What? I saw the penny. Did you see it? How'd it go? <laughs> well, not in person, but now I saw people boasting about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Well, that's why I brought it up last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I just, it w- it's so out of left field that I had no conception of what was happening. Like, how did you want me to respond to just like, oh, they're putting in a giant penny? Like, I didn't even know what that meant. And right. it turns out because it's like, why? W- like, what? Why? That's, that's why I was bringing it up. That's why I asked. I have no idea. Remember what we brought up? Like, hey, uh, city, let's save money. Let's do this for things that are important. And then they're like, ah, nah, let's just make a big ass penny and put it at the park. GP. I don't, uh, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, I guess it's cool. Just. It's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. They made it leaning on purpose to get, attract people. I just don't get the connection between a penny and Long Beach. That's what's confusing to me. Well, Lincoln. Sure. Lincoln Park. That's true. The park. That, has anyone ever heard of it? I think it's a new park. It's a new park. It's brand oh, new. Okay. And so they made the brought a penny in there. I don't know. I, I don't know. I would just. What if they called it like Jefferson Park? Would they put like a ten dollar bill? True. Maybe that maybe Oh no, that's Hamilton. Maybe in their mind they saved money by calling this Lincoln Park so they only had to do a cent. Wait, Jefferson is what? Oh, he's not in twenty? No, that's Jackson. Oh. Hamilton's on the ten. Okay. Alexander Hamilton, great play, by the way. I still need to see it. Uh okay. uh But do you do you see what I'm saying? What? Like maybe maybe the, it was just non negotiable, like whatever we're doing, we're doing a giant something. So if you think about it, Penny's the cheapest. So they save money. Okay, yeah. That's a good way to it's spin it. It's only one cent. That's a great way to p- spin it. Uh, we've said it a million times. We just, I just want to know the thought. I would love to to hear the non, like, just like the real thought process that they'll never tell the public. Like, what was their thought process? It, yeah. What was them saying this? Guys, I couldn't sleep last night, but I finally figured it out. Yeah. We're going giant Penny. I mean... <laughs> The more I think about it, it's I mean, just, this is funny as shit. Like, how do you even think of that? The irony in spending money on one cent. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Spent and I, thousands and, and I, thousands of dollars on something I, I mean, that's I, I doubt one it costs that much money, but it, like. I think it's a great, now I think it's a great idea. I think it, whoever, big penny. whoever came up on with this idea, pretty sharp. Long Beach, home with a big penny. No one else can say that. That's a good point. So. Do you think there's a giant penny anywhere else in the world? I hope not. That's kind of cool then. If we just became Do the you f- think there's like some... I'm just picturing some like... Like, well... Just picturing some like old like Scottish dude. But it'd probably be American. Someone who just loves pennies. Like, do you think someone caught wind of this in like Maine? Yep. And, and immediately booked the flight? Yep. Maybe like yelled out to his wife in the other room. 
<laughs> I got a great. I'm with like, you. You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> I, you're giving me a great visual. I got yes. a great visual. And it's, just like it's one of those. He has, he has little glasses. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has those little tiny glasses. And you put and, the thing up to the up to the penny to like look at all the indentations yeah. and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy just has so many pennies. Those books you put the quarters in, except they're all pennies. Yeah. Years. I hope that guy comes to Long Beach. Yeah, I. He's probably he's probably here. He's probably here, and uh, and I want to see the smile. I want to see his, like, is he gonna like really scan it? Like, maybe are you allowed to touch? Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you gotta be able to touch a penny. I hope. I hope. I hope that's happening, because everyone has their thing, Paul. Hey, I don't blame him. Good for Long Beach too. You got yourself the Washington or not at the Washington Monument, the Lincoln thing where he's like sitting there, the building. Yeah, where he's sitting there on the big chair in Washington. In Washington. Mm-hmm. Ours is next level. On the penny on the back is that picture of the thing. Oh. And we were like, nah, fuck you. We're going to put the picture yeah. of the big penny instead. Mm-hmm. 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 Smart. Smart. That's big brain right there from Long Beach. Yeah. I like that. All right. You got anything else? No, I'm just happy for that guy. Me too. All the way from Maine. Can you believe someone? I hope everyone who listens to the show tells us, tells someone that they... Like, did you know someone from Maine just that loves pennies just flew here? That's awesome. Oh, man. Yep. We really hit the nail on the head this episode. Uh, all right. 908 Athlete of the Week. I don't really got anybody. Do you have anybody? Yes, I do. Hit me. Um, Valerie Corona, I believe was her name. From Cabrillo Softball? Yes. Was it Valerie? I, it was Valerie. It was VC for sure. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, was it Corona? It was Corona. I think you're right. Well, because I was thinking Vince Corona. I was just for I was thinking, why does everyone go VC? <laughs> yeah. It was interesting to me. Valerie Corona, I'm pretty sure that's her name. Uh the next superstar of Long Beach softball. Well, well, had a great week. And it, you know how I know she had a great week is because she listened to, to Dale Lopes give a pump up speech it, before practice. Right. I'll tell you what. If she's a slap hitter, she probably went three for three. Oh, she went three for three. Three There's singles, a couple stolen bases. Or is she a pitcher? Is she going for the mill contract? I don't oh. Know. Ten years, ten mil, right? Isn't that what they were saying? Are we looking at the next gold medals for USA? I don't know. Sky's the limit for I'm just, yeah. VC. You're right. You're right. They can't be stopped, Korea softball. All right, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. John, yeah. life is great in the 908. Shoot or shoot. So shoot your shot. What you gonna do when I come through bad? Stop me, your game looks sloppy, you need more practice, maybe you like this, to enjoy the game by midway, I can drive around you, even shoot a trait, a three-point threat, no sweat, you can bet, back it out and fade away all net, hang time. What you wanna do? Tell me, what you gonna do when I come through bad? You know the rules, crossover dribbles, taking you to school like that next time. Remember who you're playing, you get no mercy. Know what I'm saying? If you reach, I'ma teach. Too fun to lay up, catch you on a rebound, game over, stay up.
What you gonna do when I come through? Hey. Yeah. Hang time, y'all. You know what I'm saying?